get ready to hear some noise tonight. You're just seconds away from Let's Go Blues Radio. I know that we're all people just sitting here uh, looking at um, Nick eat a banana uh, <laughs> right now. I can't even focus. That anymore. looks like he's a tasty just, banana. He's the Burger King here in Troy has been uh, advertising for managers for a while, so we'll go through there next week. Eric Brewer was so bad. <laughs> <laughs> the Blues had made the playoffs 25 straight seasons before Eric Brewer arrived. After Brewer donned the note, the Blues missed the playoffs every season that Brewer was a Blue, except for one. No doubt about it, eh? You're listening to Kurt, Bill, and Jeff on Let's Go Blues Radio, the original St. Louis Blues hockey fan podcast. Take it away, boys. Welcome to Season 5, Episode 14 of Let's Go Blues Radio. We are live on Wednesday, February 1st, 2017. This is franchise episode number 95 all time. If you are a new listener, Let's Go Blues Radio is a weekly program that talks St. Louis Blues hockey. We do welcome listeners to call in and chat with us live on the air, as well as tweet us questions or comments. Just send those tweets to at LGB Radio, and we'll read them on the shoe. To chat with us live, go to letsgoblues.com slash radio and click on the join us graphic. Uh, shortly, we will announce that when we make that happen. So uh, my name is Kurt Price, and joining me this evening once again is uh, Mr. Bill Day, Mr. Jeff Ponder. Gentlemen, how are you today? Well, we have quite a bit to talk about today, don't we? We do. We, we have we have so much to talk about. We we can't even you know introduce ourselves properly. Uh I mean, we, we can talk about the Winter Classic again. I think we're going to well, talk about the players thing on tomorrow. That's oh, that. That's what I was going to talk about. Okay. Something else though. I don't know. It feels like we're. Do you guys want to talk about Patrick Waugh? Huh? Oh, wow. Huh? Wow. Talk about the Twitter handles. Uh, Bill is at Billy Blue Note and at jpon 94 and I am at Kurt Price. You can follow us or not. Those are two options. With that, but yeah, I don't know. What do you want to talk about tonight? We can talk about our beer of the episode first. Get that out of the way. We each have one, don't we? Because tonight is a drinking night. It is. Tonight is. Reasons. Bill, what you got for episode 95 for the beer of the week? Uh, so the the first beer the show. of the week, because we're all drinking too today. It's <laughs> it's already decided. Uh, Dark Horse Brewing Plead the Fifth Imperial Stout. Uh, pick up at least a four pack of this every year it is always enjoyable and this one is not letting me down in fact it's halfway gone already and uh my first beer is uh schnickel fritz by urban chestnut for those of you can see i'm holding it up uh it is wonderful uh it's very sweet beer and uh uh if you've ever had schnickel fritz before um this one doesn't let you down it's very good it lives up to the name Yes, such a beautiful <laughs> name. German is, it lives up to the name. German is such a <laughs> language. It's it's oddly beautiful, and Schnickelfritz, I, you know, is an example of that. Schnickelfritz, I feel like that's one of those German words that actually doesn't sound angry. Most German words sound like you should be yelling them. Yes, you can't really yell Schnickelfritz. <laughs> I guess you that can. works. Yeah. yeah, I guess it works. Sounds like something somebody said at a concentration camp. 
Hey, uh, <laughs> I don't, I don't know what that means. Uh, it just sounded funny in my head. It sounded funny in my head. What? Leave me alone. Um, my beer of the evening is uh, beer of the evening. My beer of the show is uh, Young's Double Chocolate Stout. I've been a big fan of the chocolate stouts lately, so I, I give this one a go, and uh, it's pretty good. Um, a uh, satisfyingly deep stout, a marriage maiden heavy. Beer and chocolate the way it should be done. Mm. Do you work for them, or what, what's the deal? Youngs. But no, it was good. I, I do enjoy it. I'm if you like chocolate stouts, should, it's, it's good. should we discuss our second beers of the evening? Is it the same stuff for you guys? Uh, I don't have a second beer. I, I can get one. But... Yeah. Go, go ahead. Jeff's staying local. What? What's your other? My other is uh, a little Schlafly White Lager. For those that uh, have had this, you also know that it is quite delicious. Uh, really, it, it, as dumb as it sounds, it is one of those beers that when you have it, you feel like you're going to sit inside all night, uh, set a fire, and not to your house, but uh, you know, an actual fire in your fireplace if you have one. Or trash can, and uh, let the snow fall outside. How romantic! There's a joke in there somewhere, but <laughs> dumpster and blues hockey and yeah, but you know, it's in there. Yeah, it's it's in there. I just I, I'm not gonna go rooting around for it. My so yeah, uh, Bill, my for... backup or well, my my uh, the uh, Carter Hutton to my Jake Allen because you know, <laughs> this one's gonna be gone soon. Uh, Dirty bastard. I don't know. Maybe maybe it should have been more of a, a Brian Elliott reference than a, a Carter Hutton because Dirty Bastard's pretty reliable. It's my go-to beer. It's the beer that I would turn to every night if I only had one choice. But you know, hey, that's just me. You know, when I went to go get a beer, uh, I was I was in Schnucks today. Oh, I went to, uh, um, yeah, Schnooks and then uh, Fire Talk, just kind of looking for a beer for tonight. And the I saw a beer that I wanted to get, but I didn't. A pale ale tonight. I think it was a pale ale. Uh, no, it was it was a, it was a cider beer. I didn't feel like drinking it, and it was it was it was perfect for the show tonight. Stupid man suit. Have you heard? Have you heard <laughs> wow. of that beer? No, I never heard of it. <laughs> uh, I've, not I've I think I've seen it on the shelf, but yeah, I've not. I'm not. I was not in the mood for a cider, so I didn't get it. Um, to uh, Today in Blues History, courtesy of the at uh, STL Blues History Twitter account. 1986, Joe Mullins scored his 20th goal of the season in a 4-3 win versus Detroit. He was then traded to Calgary immediately after the game because they did not want to pay for his new likely hefty contract he was going to demand. Uh, Terry Johnston and Rick Wilson went with Mullins to Calgary. We received Eddie Beers, Gino Cavallini, and Charlie Bourgeois in return. Governor goals and made the Hall of Fame. Or after the game, saying, I had nothing to do with it. I didn't trade myself. It was them who traded me. Sure. And thus began the Gino Cavallini era and the era of <laughs> Cavallini brothers. The flying Cavallini brothers. Uh, 1994. Brett Hall recorded four points with a hat trick and one assist in a four to four tie versus the Toronto Maple Leafs. You know, I feel like that guy is mentioned almost every time. He must have been pretty good. Nah. I've heard of him. Yeah. The Blues had a uh, four to two lead late in that game. Uh, but Hall's third goal was the 
fourth goal of the game for the Blues, and the crowd went nuts, throwing hats on the ice. There's a delay. The crowd was partying like they just won, and the Leafs scored two goals late to tie it. So, Topped off in. by Doug Gilmore, scoring his 18th from Dave Andrewchuk and Dave Ellett at the 17-minute mark of the third period. 1997. The St. Louis Blues, as a member of the Detroit Red Wings, Brendan Shanahan scored two goals in a 4-1 Red Wings victory and had some nice quotes about Mike Keenan in the paper. <laughs> uh, on... On the, on the only advantage of being traded to the Blues, said, I didn't have to endure Mike Keenan as long as Brett Hall did. And then when asked about the similarities between Keenan and his mentor, uh, Scotty Bowman, what I see is that they both chew ice, and I think Scotty was doing that first. <laughs> and, and also uh, on whether it's tough to play for Bowman as for Keenan, uh, Shannon said, I think Scotty's great. He's a piece of cake once you've had the cuckoo bird. <laughs> I mean, I, awesome. If somebody said that now, do you think they'd get fined? Oh yes, they would. Yeah. But that's that. Shanahan was Shanahan was awesome for that stuff. Oh, he was a he was a fiery personality. I enjoyed him. I hear a uh, player's wife enjoyed him as well. <laughs> yeah, I heard. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. yeah. Um, was, good times. Good times. Yeah, I, I thought I saw Janie's name in one of these box. Uh, box scores that uh, Kurt posted from uh, STL today or uh, STL Blues history. Uh, let me see. Do I see a Janney in there? Uh, he was in the first one. I... Oh boy! Sorry, we uh, just had a request for someone to join. Who's that? Somebody from another us? podcast would like to join this uh, little party. Ooh. Who? Mister Well, Mister Robot Kurt Price. Yeah. Really? Uh, yeah. Sound pretty robotic there. <clears throat> it is uh, Mr. Jason Martin from Blues Hockey Podcast. So Jason Martin wants to join. Yeah, I, uh, I I hope you don't mind. I went ahead and sent him the link since uh, he's an no, early cool. he's an early go to bed guy. He told me that if he could stay up till nine, he will join the show. <laughs> so that's why I okay. figure it's okay he, to just invite him right now. He uh, he is joining the show at the at the right time. So. So we'll see if he comes on. I just send him the link. Nah. Okay. So so we were just wrapping up our This Day in Blues history segment. And I think something significant may have happened earlier today. You think at this point next year we'll be talking about what happened today? Um, <laughs> I think if so. If we have a show on the anniversary of this day. Yeah. That would be a Tuesday, correct? Yeah. I don't I have no how's that work? It could be a Thursday. Or no. it's Does well, it it's actually a year ago from today would be if we have it on a Wednesday, it would be uh, the coaching debut of somebody. Oops, did I give that away? Oh man, spoiler <laughs> alert! Yep, let's go into it, eh? Uh, sure. So, for uh, those who have not heard, <laughs> and, and I don't for know those who that would be, living under a rock. Uh, Ken Hitchcock and uh, Jim Corsi who has gotten little press, but, you know, uh, has uh, were both relieved of their duties today uh, by uh, D- Doug Armstrong. So uh, that uh, that press conference happened uh, today at 10 o'clock. Apparently the the uh, firings happened uh, last night after the game. Uh, Yo uh, kind of hinted that uh, he had conversations with Hitchcock after the game last night and, uh, 
you know, they didn't go too well. And Armstrong said that Hitch was angry, and but rightfully so, I guess. I don't know. But uh, during the uh, press conference today at 10 o'clock, uh, Armstrong broke down in tears when he talked about uh, having to fire his best friend. I knew they were friends. I knew they were buddies. But he said he was his best friend, which I found troubling to some that degree. Me. To ha- that yeah, me too. Me yeah. too. Yeah. I, you know, we talked about this a little bit before we got on the air that it, it just it, it opens up, you know, it, if nothing else, to speculation that it, the friendship is the reason why Hitch is here after he probably should have been fired a couple of years ago. And, you know, a lot, not wanting to cashier your best friend, you know, that that's pretty, pretty big conflict of interest. But, you know, uh, kudos to uh, to Doug for finally doing it. Uh, I'm thinking I'm thinking there's more to it. I'm thinking that he was probably told it's you got to do something here. <laughs> yeah, I, well, we're obviously going to talk in depth about this, but uh, there are. There is somebody else who I think deserved to lose his job today. We'll get into that in a bit, but uh, <laughs> I do believe that uh, that person who did who was told that it was probably told either him or you, and I imagine he went with, "Okay, I'll go with him. You got it." Yep. Yeah. So the uh, uh, Hitch uh, Armstrong said that Hitch getting fired was the result of uh, his failures, Armstrong's failures, and uh, Armstrong True. said this is uh, his team, his own team. He built it his team so he I, I guess if you want to give him credit for something he did take some responsibility for a lot of responsibility for the way the team is put together and and the team's failures today so he I guess he threw himself under the bus a little bit uh, to maybe save some face with his friend his best friend his buddy but uh, still a lot of people were upset about uh, the fact that uh, Initially, anyway, right off the bat, Twitter exploded with people saying that the wrong guy was fired. You know, Armstrong should have went before Hitchcock, and um, you know that's that's the discussion that we can have. But uh, Hitchcock record with the Blues: uh, 248 wins, 124 losses, and 41 uh, OT losses. Uh, his career win percentage is 606. He has a 650 win percentage for the Blues, which is his best of any team he has played with. Uh, he won a Stanley Cup in 98-99 with Dallas. And four coaches in history have won over 700 games in the NHL. The Blues have fired all four of them. <laughs> <laughs> so yeah, yeah. And well, the team, uh, uh, with, oh, go ahead. No, I was, I was, I was wrapping it up. Uh, we have uh, Jason Martin from the Blues Hockey Podcast has just joined us. Welcome, hey, what's sir. Up? What's up, guys? No, welcome. Thanks, Jason. You, uh, you what's get cool? over your crying fit of the Blues firing their coach today. Oh yeah, just like everybody else. <laughs> yeah, I mean it's a uh, yeah. I was trying to get some uh, something together to record tonight because I was just like, I went back and forth all day on uh, my thoughts, like between, man, he didn't get a fair shot yet. No, wait, no, I'm glad he's gone. Wait, mm. so I keep going back and forth, and uh, since you guys are recording, I figure I hop on for a little bit just to kind of maybe hash it out so I can get my thoughts. Uh, streamlined here well your thoughts well, should be whatever bill feels is usually what i go with <laughs> that's usually the right decision ah 
I'm surprised Bill's not wearing a party hat myself. I mean, I, I expected Bill to be wearing a party hat and uh, blowing uh, the noisemakers and everything. He'd be uh, throwing confetti. I, I don't have a party <laughs> hat. I don't have a party hat here tonight. I, I, I was not prepared for this. I didn't see it coming. I honestly didn't think there was any way that Hitch was going to get fired until uh, until he got the uh, at least the next win to tie Al Arbor. Um, but that. Uh, uh, again, I don't think it was uh, Armstrong's ultimate choice today. Um, I think it, he, his hand was forced there. But uh, you, So let me ask you, and obviously there's no way this would happen. Let's just say the Blues lose the next five games after uh, last night's loss. Do you think that if Stillman said, do whatever you think is, is best for the team, do you think Armstrong would have still kept Hitchcock through those five games? Mm, no. It, it, at that point, no. So you, you think uh, that it, his time was coming with even Armstrong? It just happened to be that Stillman said, "You got to do this now." Right, right. I mean, it's it's the turn of the calendar, right? It, you know, we went from just a, a, an abysmal January to now you're you're in February. Now is when it the NHL calendar gets real. and the the races are going to heat up, and Nashville's blown past us. So, somebody, somebody today, I was going to say, somebody tweeted today, and I don't remember who it was, and if you're listening, please take credit for this because I think it was very correct. Um, they tweeted that they thought that this was going to happen after last night's game. Like, they really believed it was going to happen because they thought, okay, you know, Armstrong and Stillman might have talked and said, okay, We'll give them until the game after the All-Star break. We'll give them the break. We'll see what happens with this team. If they come out with fire after the All-Star break, yeah, then we'll then we'll let them keep riding it until something bad happens again or until the end of the season. But because they came out and got basically smoked again last night, that was just, okay, we gave them the break. We gave them Allen's break. We gave them the All-Star break. They're still getting smoked every game. We got to do something. I think that's probably – there's probably some truth to that. I, I think that is very definitely a possibility. I want to I want to say this that I I, I actually uh, am happy that we didn't hear after the fact that they waited to fire Hitchcock until he until he passed Al Arbor until after the Plager ceremony until after these these events that that ha- I mean the, the team I mean if they're gonna make a move make a move. Don't 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 let him hang around to get a personal milestone, which might take three, four, five more games. You know, and then all of a sudden you're that much closer to the end of the season, and you might uh, that that could cost you a playoff spot. You don't know. So I, I think if they're if they if they've made their, their mind to do it, um, hopefully they did it as soon as they made up their mind. They didn't wait much longer, and and waiting until he hit the Al Arbor mark, and waiting until after Plager ceremony or whatever. Um, I like that. I, I'd say it's you know they're 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 I mean that's that's just ceremonial stuff that that uh, it's not in the team's best interest. Yeah, I really thought it was an interesting timing overall. Uh, I think at the end of the day, I think the directive from Stillman had to been this is the 50th year. Like a lot of eyes are on the product. This is your first year by yourself in the winter time. No other major sports are in St. Louis in a long time. You don't have the Rams. They know how bad they were looming in the background or in the foreground. It's just you during the winter. You don't, you didn't have the baseball playoffs this year to start your season. You don't have a lot of different things this year. So you were the main focus. So this is a time for the blues to kind of 
put their best foot forward and uh, it just seems like it, exactly everything you didn't want to happen has happened. And I think that's something that it had to be corrected event like soon because you have to salvage the season some way or uh, some shape or form. You have to salvage the season. I'm not saying go out and make like, obviously the coaching change is the easiest one you can make right now. You can't like making a trade is going to be, even though the Shattenkirk thing has been out there, it's going to be difficult to figure out a good trade to get this team a spark. And the first thing to do is get rid of the coach. So it's a needed step, unfortunately, at the end of the day. So, um, there's a lot of problems besides the coach at the end of the, yeah, it's not just him. It's a, it's a player issue too. It's a con- team construction issue. It's a front office issue, but this is the first of many problems that need to be corrected. Yeah. Jason's got a good, Jason's got a good point there. I think that they have so many highs coming into this season, as well as during the season, you had the, excuse me, you had the, uh, the playoffs last year. I mean, that was such a huge high for this team. The year after the Rams leave, they they go out to the, to the Western Conference final and they look like a competitor and a true champion. Then they, they, you know, and you look at the the hype they had over the summer of you know, oh well, they might have lost the guys, but hey, they still got Tarasenko, they still got Schwartz, they still got all these really good players. Pareko's coming into his own. Jake Allen's the number one now, and then you had the Winter Classic. I mean, so many highs for this team and. They played valiantly in the in the playoffs last year as well as the Winter Classic, but outside of that, outside of their like what was it four and one start or four zero and one start, whatever it was, outside of those, it's pretty much been a disappointing season. And you know we've talked about it uh, the last two weeks on this show about how if the Central Division was as good as they were last year, the Blues aren't even sniffing the playoffs right now. Well, guess what? They keep losing. Right now, I, I might be incorrect. I know they're not in the top three of the Central. Are they even in the wild card right now? Yeah, the second they wild card. They are the card. last wild card spot. Yep. yep. And they're Nashville's really tied with. Yeah, they're, they got games in hand on the teams behind them, except for one, except for Vancouver. Vancouver's one point behind the Blues with the same amount of games played. Everybody else behind the Blues has a couple more games played, so they have that going for them. Man, but, I want to uh, what do we what, keep... what do we talk about before the season started? We did. I mean, on this show, what did we say about the Blues? Where they're going to finish? Jeff, you said there was a good chance they missed the playoffs. Yeah. And you said you said they'd be right there, but they they probably, they might miss. And Bill was saying eighth eighth seed might miss. Same thing. Yeah, seventh eighth. More seed. Like, yeah. So I, I don't know. And I was I think I said seventh seed something like that. Or or and and you know I don't know I don't know what I don't know why a lot of people are shocked and surprised um, about. Are confused with why the Blues are, are playing or where they are in the standings because it kind of I, I mean I, we saw that this coming I mean now the, granted they started the year off well like you said Jeff but but they have slowly fallen and recently rapidly fallen uh, and played some poor hockey lately they've been outscored what twenty eight to fourteen their last six games it's yes. been really bad and it, and it, but I mean but with that said we are who they thought we thought they were. <laughs> <laughs> they are who we thought they were, right? Aren't they? I mean, this, seriously. Yeah. Well, this right. is this is not a surprise for some of us. Well, for people who I don't know, I I, I would like to think that we're paying attention and that, and that that we understood what was going on. They they subtracted some talent from the roster and did not replace it with enough. They lost the number Kurt, one let's, goalie. Let's, let's so I, like you know, this. I've I've got I saw a comment today, and I'm not I don't want to mention where it was from, but because I actually know the guy who said it. Um, <laughs> I saw a comment today on a Facebook group. 
that, that somebody said they, they should have let Armstrong go before Hitchcock. And one of the responses was, Armstrong has done a valiant job. He's done everything he can to keep all of his free agents. He had to let Backus walk. I don't know why people were so upset about that. Uh, he had to sign his number one center in Laterra. He had to mm. sign his number one goalie in <laughs> Allen. And, I mean, the guy was serious. And But well, and that's what I'm saying is there are a certain amount of people who listen to the Blues PR and they read these articles on the Blues website and that's where they get their information. So they're telling themselves this is a Stanley Cup contender because that's what the Blues are telling me. What franchise well, is going to talk about how they're not a Stanley Cup contender? The Canucks are talking about how – they're going to have a deep playoff run. Uh, no. If anyone thinks that who's an actual NHL fan, probably not an NHL fan. No, mm. and and believing and believing the the team's PR is like believing the White House press secretary nowadays. It's just not. <laughs> it's just it's just not believable. I mean, I mean, I get it. I get it. Right. I mean, it's it, it's what you expect. You, the team PR. They want to sell tickets. They want to uh, uh, bump the fan base. They jazz them up. Uh, get them excited. I get it. it, it I mean, it's just like the hometown uh, broadcasters. Fox Sports and West. They're homers. We get we expect it. It's fine. But um I mean, do you expect objective commentary from the on air guys? Not necessarily. So, I mean you expect that. You just can't you just can't so, believe it and run with it. So to, to put it in context, the St. Louis Blues are a playoff team. Period. St. Louis game time, you're fake news. <laughs> <laughs> wow. <laughs> Jeez. <laughs> Yeah. Uh, yeah. Hey, I'm sh- uh, during the press <laughs> during the press conference today, uh, Armstrong seemed very the uh, well either one the uh, the Armstrong seemed very bitter towards the players, uh, as if their play got Hitchcock fired. You know, calling uh, Hitch- he called Hitchcock a Hall of Fame uh, coach, and the players have a long way to go before they get there. Right. He, uh, he said the only Hall of Famer in that room was Hitchcock. Right. Right. Other players, any players, some players want... might get there, but yeah, he was, right. he was, that was, that was definitely a dig. So for any players that didn't want to play for Hitchcock, it's all on, on them now. So, and he said there are too many independent contractors on this team, uh, meaning they abandon the system to go rogue whenever they feel like it. Um, so by the way, as an independent contractor, I took offense to that remark. <laughs> <laughs> you re- you re- you resemble that remark. Yes. <laughs> I'm I'm only hoping that he was not referring to David Perron because come on, you knew what you were getting. Yeah. You had him once, <laughs> you brought him back. I mean Perron I think has had a great season. I'm not knocking him at all, but if if he thought about Perron when he said that, that's definitely your fault, Dick. <laughs> I'll, be, I'll be honest, it was kind of like refreshing. Honestly, you really when anytime you've heard the coaching change or whatever, it's really it's always like okay, well, it's not like the rebirth line that kind of cracked me up. It, you know, when it, like they use that probably I think I counted five times in forty minutes. They were that rebirth, and I was like, I was like, was that just something that they the PR guys said use this line a lot, use this line, which I thought was interesting. But I thought you know you don't really hear a lot of national media guys actually were tweeting today saying. They were extremely surprised to see Hitchcock, not Hitchcock, but Armstrong kind of throw the players, you know, out there as like, hey, it's on you guys because was it the friendship maybe of Hitchcock and Armstrong? Maybe. I, I don't know. But at the end of the day, like how many – we've gone through how many coaches we've seen this before where we had the younger guys first come up, the Oshie, Berglund, Perron of early where – 
they didn't perform, and then there was Davis Payne gone. And then Hitchcock came in, and they needed this taskmaster, not the player-friendly coach. And now we're kind of, I don't know, it seems like it's all over the place. So I kind of, I like hearing that. Maybe it seems like a, maybe a smidgen of honesty out of it, you know? But well, I, mean, I, puts, I do think I don't, it puts the owners I don't mind players th- now, I don't... which at the end of the day, that's, hey, it's, it's partially they're on them, too, for the way they played as much as – you want to say Hitchcock and his system and Armstrong with the construction of the team, you guys don't get paid millions of dollars to perform, you know, like, oh, he's, you know, he's right. I, I think that there's, there's, there's so much you can say about, and I actually, I, I like to sit here and bash Armstrong. Bill likes to <clears throat> complain about Hitchcock and I guess, Kurt, you're kind of a mix of both of us. Um, but no, I mean, at the end of the day, you could be putting the worst NHL players whoever's in the NHL right now, pick a, 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 a 21 of them and I guess 20 of them, put them on the ice together. And you know what? They still should not be getting beaten by three, four five goals a game. Um, it, it's on the players too. Yeah. I mean, hit, Armstrong's right. I think part of it is Armstrong grasping for straws because he knows the next guy to go is him. But at the same time, he's right. You know, these players, they, they shouldn't be losing this bad. They should be, you know, and, and granted, we know, you know, teams go through uh, phases where they'll win a bunch of games, lose a bunch of games. They'll go back and forth on wins and losses. They have looked bad That's for terrible. almost a month now. I mean, they have looked bad, like t- to where you could put the 2007 St. Louis Blues out there and they're going to look better than the current Blues. They've looked so horrible that they had to do something, and now yeah. it's on the players. Pick your game up. Well, it's gotten worse and worse as the seasons went on. Because I mean, they, they were they were good to start the season, uh, kind of up and down there after that. Um, but lately, it's just getting yeah. worse and no. worse and worse. January was a bit of a free fall. And, you know, so Armstrong in years past, you know, he's – and I think he went to the well one too many times as far as making the January trade. Uh, to you know to try to shake things up a little bit and it you know I don't know if the market's not there if he thinks he's going to get something you know uh, if he's going to be able to pull off a better deal for Shattenkirk at the deadline um, whatever it is the trade wasn't going to be the answer and and you're not going to take one player off this team bring in one other player and make this team better right now I think the team had gotten to the point where they finally had completely just—they were done with uh, Tarasenko or with uh, uh, with Hitch. And I saw, uh, you know, I, this is somebody, you know, I think one of the game time writers today tweeted <laughs> out about a uh, an incident recently during a practice where Tarasenko screamed at Hitch um, about tactics that there's no way we're going to fucking score like this and stormed off the ice and if that's the case you know if the team's not believing in the system and they're willing to call the coach out during practice there's definitely a problem there and this this definitely was i think the the only way you know to to move forward you know for armstrong to keep his job he wasn't going to make a trade that that would fix this as much as i agree that that the the hitchcock system does not is not going to score a lot of goals. Don't you think part of that's on Tarasenko to not yell at his, the man who basically controls his job 
I've always had a problem with that. And I know that sometimes it's warranted, sometimes it's needed. But I've heard other stories of Tarasenko in particular, and I'm not trying to throw him under the bus because he's he's obviously the guy this team needs to build around. But don't you think that, that, that part of that is Tarasenko just needs to do what he's told because you're getting paid millions of dollars to play hockey and play for this team. You have to play for the coach that is in place. Otherwise, most other players, 99% of the league would be sitting on the bench if they did what he did. But I don't know. Maybe I'm overreacting, but and, and I'm, I'm not trying to defend Hitch either. He's gone, so I don't, I don't need to defend him anymore. But I think part of that is on is on the Blues just to, to say, hey, you know what? He's our coach. I know that it's frustrating, but we got to play a system. I think that with I mean this is professional <clears throat> sports. It's it's a amped up emotions. I think you're going to get players, especially players that pressure, hot um, and high pressure situations to, and if they, they get frustrated. Um, Surprise me the least that that players from time to time will yell at a coach. I'm sure it happens in every sport a lot more than we realize. Um, now, whether or not he should have done it out in the open, it's a different story. It's unprofessional, but I, I mean, it doesn't, it doesn't bother me that much. I think when a, when a player kind of mouths off at a coach and I mean, if it, I mean, not dramatically, not like where there's a, you know, bump in chest or in each other's face kind of thing, but you know, like a turn on the head and kind of bark at, bark at the coach and, and then, uh, you know, in, in public, it's, I, I, I blow that off. I'm not, that's not a, that's. It's 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 a player being emotional and passionate on the bench, and it's a, the coach is the same way. It's just you know passionate people butt heads. It's just the way it works. But uh, as long as it's kept you know from being extreme, I don't have a problem with it. Or or keep that behind closed doors if you want uh, the extreme stuff. But it's yeah, I I I kind of expect that. I mean, if a player's play a lot of emotion, it kind of you, you kind of that kind of comes with the territory. Yeah, I think that's I think you're right there to a degree. Um... I guess it depends. I, during the course of the season, like you say, it's going to happen, especially when you have a player, I think, especially like Tarasenko, who has, I think, a lot of heart and you know puts it all out there at times, maybe not the best up defensively, but the guy wants to win at the end of the day. That's what he's there for. But um, it isn't the first time where this supposed incident happened. I didn't hear about this practice one, but there's been numerous times where in the past, uh, I know it, between texting maybe with Jeff or just other friends that we've, I've caught Tarasenko saying something back to Hitch or somebody at the bench. Um, there's actually at the end of the last game, if you caught right before they went to the post game show, um, they're going off the ice and Tarasenko turned back and yelled something in the general direction of the coaches. So I don't know exactly who he was yelling at, but you saw him do that. Then they flashed to the post game show. So, if it happens maybe once during the year, because just like you said, the general stress, things are not going your way. Obviously, players have other stuff outside of hockey going on in their lives, and that could contribute to being stressed out. But if it's something that's happening on a consistent basis, I don't think that's healthy for a team, and then that can undermine a coach no matter who the coach is. You can have Scotty Bowman there, and but if you have – a player, especially a star player, who's constantly mouthing off, and if players are behind him, that does that doesn't bode well for the coach. No matter who you are, I think. Not saying that's what happened, but that's it's just a scenario that could have happened in this situation. Right, and 
you know, as far as Hitchcock goes, he's he's a guy that's had the reputation of having a shelf life in a city. And he, he what was this his six year here? That's that's pretty long for him. Uh, over you know the the you know his career, I think he got cashiered in Philly, uh, maybe into the beginning of his fifth year, Columbus fourth or fifth year. Um, so. You know, it, it could be that, you know, it, it's part of it is that there was realization that, you know, at this point, it, it's not one or two players that have tuned him out, but everybody. Because, you know, Oshi, Oshinly, Oshi openly uh, criticized Hitch, you know, two years ago in the stretch run and was dealt in that offseason for Brower. And, you know, I think Stasny also has, has uh, openly questioned you know, the, the constant pressure. Um, there have been rumors out there about him being traded. I don't know that that's, that was going to happen, but it, it's it's one of those things that it, it just, the way that this team has performed over the last month, they're definitely not playing Hitchcock-style hockey. And it, it, it was a time to make the change. I, I think today's decision was ultimately right. And, you know, I don't know if we want to move this conversation into the, you know, the other part of it is should Doug Armstrong have kept his job? Um, you know, before we get into that, I just want to say, and, and you guys can disagree, you don't have to join me on this, but since I've got beer here, Ken Hitchcock is a hell of an NHL coach, a hell of a man. <laughs> and I'm serious. Like, I, I interviewed the man many times, always a class act and and just a great hockey mind. So I just want to say at this point of the show, maybe it's the beer talking. No, but I, <laughs> I, uh, I just want to give a kudos to Hitch. Cheers to you. Good luck in your future endeavors, whether it's coaching or wherever you're going to go from here. Vegas, baby. Good luck to you, my friend. You know, I, I saying that that the the team wasn't playing Hitch style hockey. Uh, that was kind of the the plan going into the season was to not play as defensive to play more offensive a little more reckless so i mean they kind of you know, uh, reckless was last you know, I, I, well <laughs> either way I, I think a lot of people are saying you know that the army inadvertently set hitchcock up to fail and by you know the by the roster moves in the off season and taking some some key components away that really played well in the hitchcock style um and not and, replacing the not replace them with players who could fill that similar role and just uh, the, the team doesn't respond and play the same way that Hitch is accustomed to. And, and if Hitch can't adjust his coaching style to adapt to the team that he has, then, then the team's not going to play as well. And, you know, that, that, that may very well be what happened this season. Well, I, I think there's, you know, there is a valid point to that, that Hitch and I think game time covered this pretty well um, in their article uh, earlier this week that uh, Hitch didn't really have a chance with the roster moves that uh, Army didn't make. I mean, he, he let, you know, ultimately he let Bacchus and Brower go, didn't do anything, put all the eggs in the Sabotka basket uh, for, you know, <laughs> the uh, defensive center help, and that didn't work out yet again. And, yeah, but... I, I don't know. It, it, it just this the one thing that one of the points that Armstrong made during today's presser that stood out to me was he was the one that was arguing for the traditional hitch hockey, which was air on the defensive side of the puck. And this team 
all too often the they're independent contractors who are who on a 50-50 puck will wind up on the offensive side of the puck and expose their teammates. And you know, if if that's if that's the case, you know, that that philosophy goes all the way to the top of the house. They weren't bought in to play that that more open offense from from the beginning. So, you know, I I it just it makes me question why Hitchcock yeah. <laughs> to to coach a team that's supposed to be opening up the offense. It, it seems like you're destined to, you know, to have conflicted messages, and maybe that's what happened. Yeah, who knows? Yeah, I, you know, oh, go ahead. I'll go ahead. Go ahead, Jason. No, I just think, uh, yeah, with all the moves in the off season, because I kind of talked about this on our show uh, last week. Uh, like we said, the Bacchus thing, which. Mind you, I'd love to have him back, but the Latera deal made it virtually impossible. Um, Brower pretty much, I think, has heart set on going back home to Calgary. So I think that was going to be a hard sell unless you really overpaid. And then I think Blues fans would have been more mad if you overpaid. Uh, like we said, the Elliott thing is that's the only one I'm, I understood the deal and I'm fine with it to a degree. I would like to have kept Elliott for this year just to see what would have happened. Uh, but when they decided to make the whole like philosophical change to be completely different than you were one year, which was kind of your been your coach's hallmark style for how long year, you know, his whole career pretty much to be on the defensive side. And uh, so I guess the conversation had to been had with Titch, like, hey, this is what we want to go to. Do you feel comfortable doing that? And if he says yes, then I, you know, I don't know exactly the conversation, obviously, then if you say you can adapt and you don't then that's kind of on you to a degree. And you can tell there's been a disconnect between either hitching the players or hitching the system, the new system and the players. I don't know because obviously the too many men penalties is one huge thing that is coming up. There's obviously some kind of communication issue on the bench. That's one sign for me. People in the know will tell you that that's, that's, that's coaching. That's, that's a coach's issue with it. Too many men miscommunication. Well, and, players. and it's probably you know the other thing that I don't think has been talked about enough this season is the changing of the guard as far as the assistant coaches go. Oh yeah, hundred you know, percent. You know, Kirk Muller or Brad Shaw would have made a much better replacement for Ken Hitchcock than I think Mike Yo. At least that's my initial impression. I at this point, Mike Yo proved me wrong, but. You know, I was in the, I was in the Kirk Muller camp from the get go, and you know, to let him walk back to Montreal, I, I just, I thought that was terrible. You know, I think there were, Army had some commitment issues last year. He wouldn't commit to Brian Elliott as number one goalie, so he had to trade him, and he wouldn't commit to either Shaw or Muller as the next head coach of this team, so he had to settle for somebody else. I was gonna say, you know, you know, people talk about Bruce Boudreau in Minnesota. <clears throat> Obviously, they're not having the problem this year, but he's been uh, notorious for having problems deciding which goaltender to go with. Um, in Minnesota, and, uh, he doesn't have a choice. Yeah, right? that doesn't doesn't have that problem in Minnesota. Um, but uh, <laughs> I feel like Armstrong, as the GM, has the same issue, uh, and and it's it's really created a problem. And I'm not trying to rag on Allen. I I'm a I'm a I'm still an Allen believer. I think he's going to pull it together, but. Look at the, the the starting goalies that Doug Armstrong's gone through. He's he's been GN since what two thousand nine, right? 
about, yeah. Uh, and he was assistant GM before that. But he started with Chris Mason, went to Halak, went to Elliott, went to Miller, went back to Elliott, went to Allen. I mean, it's Brodor. Right. I mean, it's – it's. and again, I know that, that sometimes you kind of don't have a choice on the revolving goal of – revolving door of goaltenders. But, I mean – Stick with one guy. I mean, I felt like at the end of last year, I said, you know what? He's going to roll Elliott. And, you know, whether people want to agree with that or not, it seemed like the right call. The team all seemed to really support Elliott. They all had his back, and they all played for him. They all played for Allen, too, until recently. But it's like you got to make a decision at some point to just roll one guy. Now we're hearing these rumors of getting another starting goalie, getting Ben Bishop, and – Maybe it's warranted this time, but at the same time, I mean, come on. Like, and, and that's going to be taxing on your coaching staff, too. And I know we talked about Corsi for a brief second there, but, uh, I mean, you can't just keep switching goalies every year and expect your team to be able to play in front of them. Goalies play different styles, which means teams have to play different styles. I was just going to say, you know, I, we've talked about it before on the show as far as the, you know, the, the goaltending decisions. And, you know, ultimately it does come down to Armstrong when it comes to the goaltending. You know, he's he's now gotten rid of back-to-back franchise shutout leaders in Halak and Elliott. You look at the team this year, I'm not saying this year's on Jake Allen, especially last night. Last night was awful. Oh, awful. God, not Jake his Allen, fault at all. Not his fault at all, but... It, this season, the Blues went from first overall in save percentage last year to dead last. And there's if if the trend if that is the trend over the entire season, they won't make the playoffs. There's no possible way that they'll make the playoffs with the goaltending that they've gotten this year. So, I think ultimately it, it, it comes down to you know, points that we've made before that Armstrong does not Armstrong and Hitchcock as a regime could not make the right decision when it came to goaltending. Yeah, and, and you know, and, and, and on, on the same line of goaltending, you know, you look at the money invested in the defense here. Now, it was a little worse a couple of years ago, but and I'm not trying to think about Petrangelo or even Pareko, but um, everyone questioned the Gunnarsson signing, uh, re-signing, I guess. Um, and then you got the, uh, obviously, the the, the Albatross-Bowmeister uh, contract. But really, you look at the defense and, and the defensive forwards, there's a lot, a lot left to be desired. I mean, it, yes, Allen imploded there for a little while, but at some point you have to expect your defense to help out. And, you know, last night they got that big block from Fabry. That was awesome. We're not seeing that kind of stuff enough. Uh, I think that... If they could just, and again, maybe like you said, it was Armstrong putting all of his eggs in the basket with Saboka getting that defensive center. His contracts have hamstringed this team because they can't go get the help they need. The Bowmeister contract, again, that guy on a third pairing would be the best third pairing defenseman in the NHL. But he's paid as a first pairing defenseman, and he's going to be paid like that next year and, and I believe the year after, Correct. And then, yep. And Petrangelo, I I have no problems with Petrangelo. I don't. I mean, he's he's been a little off his game as well, but yeah, I think he's going to round it out. Shattenkirk's been a defensive liability. Gunnarsson, Gunnarsson's been better this year, but I still don't think he's worth the contract he's getting. Uh, Pareko's played well. Edmondson's played okay, 
But when you look at the money tied up in this defense, they should – and again, and if you add in the centers in that, in, in terms of defensive centers, they are not getting the help that they need. This team needs some defensive help, and they are so hamstrung by these, these awful contracts on this team, they can't go get help to, 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 to alleviate some of that pressure. Yeah, Bomeister uh, is a UFA in uh, 2019, 2020. Oh my god! He, he makes his yes. his cap hit is his uh, cap hit is 5.4 million. If he was paid two million less, I'd say that's what he's worth. Yeah, yeah, me too. And I'll, used yeah. and used as a third line defenseman. Two million dollars could get you a top defensive center for your third line. So we've got Jay Bomeister almost as long as we're guaranteed that. Well. Well, I guess can't say guarantee, but almost as long as we're uh, slated to have Trump. So, uh, what's the reality? <laughs> no political talk. Come on. Hey, Kurt started it. <laughs> I. It was a joke. So was mine. So was mine. Uh, yeah. Oh, no, it wasn't. It's uh, any Canadians oh. listening to the show are laughing right now. Ha <laughs> ha, stupid yeah. Americans. So I was going to, Jeff, because we got like, like slightly off there where you're talking about is uh, Armstrong is, was, should have he been uh, retained today as well. So uh, do you think Stillman really was going to do a mass sweep at the start? Do you think just uh, he was going to do the quote unquote quick fix, bring in Garrett Hitch? I think I'd. I think no matter what, I think your Armstrong was here through the season. I kind of said that after the last off season, I said they're going to give him this season to see what he can do. No matter what happens with the team, if he does, if he does a good job to do well, he has another year on his contract. After that, we'll see how he is, goes. Do you think his job is riding on a Shattenkirk trade? Yeah, hundred percent. Because you ha- that's that's going to be the only I guess quote unquote saving grace. It's all, I guess two things: this team has to make the playoffs is one component. And I think depending on what the Shattenkirk deal is, I mean, you had all off season where he was literally one of the top names thrown around in the draft. And I would think 99% of blues fans were thinking Shattenkirk would not have been a blue after that weekend. And then, okay, well they're waiting for free agency, beginning a free agency. And then all of a sudden we're mid July and he's telling Kevin Shattenkirk's part of the leadership core, which blew everybody away, which was beginning of the opposite moves that everybody thought the Blues would be yeah, making. Ne- next year, Latero will be captain. Yeah, so you know, just the way things are going, it's just, uh, I think he needs to hit a home run with the Shattenkirk deal now, especially now. I mean, before, maybe as long as you got at least some value out of it, I think now it's you have to hit a home run. If he does not have, hit a home run, I think Stillman after the year, we'll, we'll strongly consider uh, relieving well, you know, his duties as well. A lot of people were calling for Armstrong to be fired today or, or have been the one to be fired uh, in, instead of Hitch. But I think firing Hitchcock now is uh, – firing Armstrong now would be strange because the, the trade deadline is not that far away and mm-hmm. – I, I mean you got I mean you've got him to this point. You've got to you gotta stick with him, like you said, through the end of the season. Who's he um, gonna bring in? And right. what's right. that? Yeah, that's that's the issue. There's like right. we've talked about there's Marty Berger's not right. He's underneath him. Right. No, they have to bring in somebody else outside the organization if they want yep. to replace him now. Yeah, and they, they you can't do a GM switch mid season. That's that's very no. difficult. 
Right. Especially and, especially right now. Yeah, right. you can't and, go with any kind of former blue, which a lot of people I, I are calling for. People are <laughs> tell. Yeah. Jamie people River. are calling for Brett Hall. People <laughs> wanted yeah, Brett, Brett Hall. Hall. No, no. I'm yeah, like, oh my I, god. I, I saw that. I Sean love Avery, Hall. Five five year contract, Sean Avery. Yeah, I saw the I, I saw love Hall, but 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 no, no, not as GM. No. That's no. crazy. Saw, what about yeah. Al McKinnis? I saw McKinnis. McKinnis, I even saw yeah. Pronger because at over All Star Weekend he said that his you know, he's at the uh Department of Player Safety right now and he said he hopefully eventually it leads to a GM job. Not like in three weeks from that kind of article. <laughs> like he's talking like three years from now or even longer, you know, to get groomed for because I don't even know if he could be a GM technically right now with because he's technically an Arizona Coyote right now. Right. He's still so, under contract yeah. even though he's in the Hall of Fame and playing in uh in alumni games and Yeah. Yeah. And I think yeah. I think I think if if there was somebody in house, let's say if he didn't leave years ago, let's say if Scott Mellonby was still in house, that would have been a possibility. But you don't have somebody who's ready to take the reins from him. Berger has Here, a while ago. McKennis is a, maybe a possibility, but I don't know if he wants the job. Here's the problem with, with, with employing a, an individual as a GM who doesn't have a law background. As the Blues, how many assistants, advisors does Armstrong have? We talked about this before. It's like one or none. So it's like if you don't have I mean if you don't have a law degree as a GM as far as negotiating contracts go, you almost have to employ a law firm or have uh some assistants on the payroll that have law degrees. So and the Blues don't have that. Well, every team every team has capologists now and the blues you know we've we've talked before about how the blues don't have the the budget to a lot to the the front office right and a lot of the a lot of the functions that other teams have paid positions for are done by interns you know at least that's that's the rumor that we've at, at least helped uh you know to promulgate um but yeah it, it's if you don't if you don't have somebody to study the longer long-term impact of things you wind up with jay bomeister through 2019 you know <laughs> and i i think that's a weakness you know it's and for for you know a, a, an organization to put on you know there are more things than just you know hockey operations that the general manager of the blues has to deal with you know i, I think maybe it's overwhelming you know yeah, no, I agree. and that's I mean, and that's a problem the Blues have. So, um, I th- I think inevitably any any GM that does take over would have to have. I mean, unless they employ other positions surrounding him, they'd have to employ somebody who has a law degree or is familiar with the law or can do that kind of thing, which I don't think Pronger could do. I, Hull could not do that, or I don't. Yeah. McInnes is not well, there. So yeah, so it's the, interesting, but yeah, I think that at the end of the day, Armstrong was here. No matter what's the end of the season, maybe right. right after the season ended, he was oh, he's out of here. But I think uh, for right now that uh, you, they have to write it out this year and see how he does. Unfortunately, yeah, I, uh, you know, you getting into what you guys talk about. I I said, and I don't think I said this on the show, but I, I you can ask my wife. I told her that when they uh, when they brought on Brodor, I'm like, how many former players are they going to employ? And you know, and I I don't think they're not working, but. 
how many former players are they bringing in just to be like, hey, here, enjoy this job so we can have a face in our front office that everyone's going to love? I mean, they got – I mean, McKinnis, I think, is is an actual integral part of the organization. But I'm sorry. I, as much as I like Brett Hall as, a, as, as just a funny guy, how much work do you think that guy is doing for this organization every day in terms of sitting at his desk and actually doing work? <laughs> From what I understand, he schmoozes. Yeah, yeah that's, that's, that's that's his job. Yeah, yeah right. he schmoozes. And I guarantee he's paid better than all four of us. <laughs> oh, you know? God, I mean, yes. And, and God, again, yes. The, the man has earned a cushy job. He brought hockey into relevance in the city. But at the same time, if you can't hire a strong uh, front office staff to go behind Armstrong, you can't be giving out jobs like that. Uh, I'm going to pull a Nick from uh, Total Dispatch and break him with breaking news here. Uh, 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 uh. We, we, uh, we have a, uh, a guest who has joined us. Uh, I guess now it's uh, the ghost of Hitch's hat. Is that, uh, is that correct? Uh, that is the current line of thinking, yes. All right. I like it. Sounds good. I, I'm Welcome, so sir. honored and spooked Welcome. out. Welcome to the show. Formerly Hitch's hat, now uh, the ghost of Hitch's hat. With the Twitter handle, unless I uh, am struck with divine uh, uh, intervention and, and uh, come up with something just infinitely better, uh, I think we'll stay with something everybody kind of knows and loves. As I said, I think that Yo is going to have to actually have some type of facial accessory randomly to to make you actually change your name. Like if you wore a, uh, I don't know, like a Batman mask or a Bane mask or something. No, monocle. Yo's monocle. <laughs> yeah, I, oh. I've, I've had a number of suggestions today, as, as you might imagine. <laughs> I've seen them, and I think you went well. You did well. Yeah. Thank you. Yeah. Uh, so, uh, so your thoughts today on the uh, the whole uh, firing of uh, Hitchcock and uh, Corsi, and uh, uh, how that affects you. <laughs> <laughs> How it, how it affects me is now I've got to create a whole bunch of uh, new logos and, and, and all that kind of crap to go back and, and, and do all of my uh, watermarks and all of my uh, memes that I make. But, uh, you know, I think you guys have covered it, and, it, and it's uh, everybody likes a nice, clean way to – uh, point the finger and, and, and blame one person and say oh, that's it. But um, I, I think this is a this is a multifaceted problem. Uh, but uh, at this point, I'm more inclined to point the finger at Armstrong than anybody. Um, it, 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 I think this team uh, is really kind of lacking, uh, and there, there's a number of of uh, really bad contracts, uh, a couple of which you just talked about a, a few minutes ago really hampers this team from from getting those couple of extra players that, that might kind of push us over the top before we forget uh if you guys want to follow him on twitter if you're not already you need to uh at hitches hat exactly how it sounds who doesn't who That's doesn't follow much. him right That's if, the way if, i see it if you're not <laughs> following him you're you're obviously new to blues twitter yeah, <laughs> you're doing it wrong you're, you're twittering wrong or you've been stuck in the lounge way too long. Oh. <laughs> that is also a possibility. 
Um, so Hitch's hat. Um, seriously though, you, yes. you you talked about arms. You are, you talked about Armstrong's. Uh, uh, I guess. Uh, how do you think that uh, Yo is going to do as the head coach? Um, uh, you laugh. <laughs> <laughs> uh, right now, all I can do is is point to Minnesota and go like that. <laughs> That's all we have to go by, right? I mean, really. Right. Um, and again, if, if we're going to say, well, this is a, a poorly architected team, um, you know, uh, unless Yo has come up with some uh, unique coaching perspectives uh, since, since his last stint in, in Minnesota, um, I, I'm, not, I'm not sure that uh, coaching change is, is going to create any fundamental changes in this team. I mean, you know, obviously uh, it, it's pretty typical to get a, get a bump after a, a coaching change like this. Uh, people bucking for positions and, and trying to imp- impress the new guy and get ice time and things like that. But, uh, you know, I don't, I don't know that it's necessarily going to be sustainable. I mean, you know, how many times has Hitch put every line combination possible together to, to no effect? Um what what is Yo going to do to put those lines together in the same way, and now all of a sudden they're going to produce, right? Yeah, yeah I, I, I've actually got some friends that <clears throat> excuse me that run a podcast as well, uh, NHL podcast. <clears throat> and when the uh, when the Islanders fired uh, Capuano, excuse me, <coughs> woo my, I don't know what's going on with me tonight. The hairball, uh, yeah, you're the hairball. Um, uh, when they fired Capuano. And they, you know, they brought on on Wade as the interim coach. And, you know, there's a lot of people now who are saying, because the Islanders have been on a terror since that happened. But as the, my friend said, it's not like Doug Wade had the answers and was just sitting on them until Capuano was fired. You know, there's always a chance just fired. They're going to clean house in the entire staff. Usually doesn't happen mid-season. And, you know, and I think it's not like Yo's going to step in and be like, all right, guys, here observed the last couple months, and I haven't said a word to Hitchcock. Right. <laughs> so here's what we need to do. You know, maybe helping the team as much as he can. Otherwise, Hitchcock would have canned. So, yeah, I, I think I think we're going to see a lot more of the same. And, you know, I'm not a big believer in Yo, and I know a lot of people aren't either. But, you know, I do hope that if he's still the head coach going into next season, he implements a new style then, and we see a new form of Blues hockey. But uh, I know we all have our reservations on that idea. Yeah, well, I, I mean, mean, the difference with that okay, – go ahead. I was just going to say, so so look at the Minnesota Wild. Yo had pretty much the current incarnation of the Wild and, you know, couldn't – you know, they, they beat us in the playoffs, but – couldn't get anywhere, got canned, and look what Boudreaux is doing with them. So, I I don't expect I don't yeah I, I don't expect you know anything more than a uh, momentary infusion of enthusiasm. But I will say the one thing that he could do to help himself at least endear himself to the fans is a little consistency in the lines and maybe give twenty six a little time with ninety one. A uh, few games yeah. in a row. Uh, I don't know, but I don't. I, I don't know. Well, the offense isn't what's ailing this team, right? The well, the the practice lines today uh, had uh, 
uh, Stasny not on Tarasenko's line. So if that's any indication. I, I, yeah, a lot of people are calling point, for that. I'd love to see it. The only point I was going to add to to what Jeff was talking about, the, the difference between maybe next year and, and not necessarily employing uh, a, a brand new style, you, I mean, you also got the ability to, you know, make some trades and, and uh, you know, do some things in the offseason to, to get some players uh, in that, that you won't necessarily have the chance to do here in season. So could he catch lightning in the bottle next year because we get a couple extra players? Possibly. But, you know, unless Armstrong hits a home run with uh, trading Shattenkirk, you know, I'm, I'm not sure what else he's going to be able to do with, with this roster. He might be able to hit a home run. I mean, what everybody's talking, I mean, they're, they're saying that that uh, high-value player is he's going to be the best defenseman available. And, you know, I, I, I would hope that uh, that he can pull it off. But – here, here's the problem well, with all these guys. I mean, he's he's not signed. So right. un, unless somebody has, you know, some cap certainty, uh, they're not going to be willing to, you know, give up the farm for him because he may, you know, leave and, and go to another team and he becomes nothing more than a rental. So, you know, unless, unless there's... Yeah, we're losing you there. Oh, sorry. That's all right. I think I think a lot. I think there, there's a lot of rumors too about the the uh, sign and trade too. So if that would make it easier to to move him, but so. yeah, but I I think at the same at the same time I I, I think that <clears throat> good point that um, nobody's gonna really want to take on his contract, and if they do, they're gonna say, okay, you have to take this contract back, and you know the Blues don't have the room to do that either. So I think it's just gonna make a very tough to trade him for anything except maybe a couple high draft picks. Right. The, you know, the Shattenkirk getting traded, you know, the, the opportunity costs, you know, if we were to sign him is Pareko, right. And our knock on Armstrong is he, he didn't consider the opportunity costs of the Latera deal or the Bowmeister deal. And that was Bacchus and Brower. You know, when, when, when it comes down to, you know, the reality of things, those were bad contracts. So he, you know, kudos to him for for not, you know, going all in on Chad and Kirk and signing him, and then costing us Pareko in a year or two. But but what can he bring back? I mean, if what what is your dream trade for Chad and Kirk at this point? You know, who who is the who is the one player that you think he could trade for Chad and Kirk and bring back in and write this team? Dream trade for me would be Shattenkirk, Laterra, and Bowmeister for anything. <laughs> <laughs> Just addition by subtraction. <laughs> yeah, right. <laughs> yeah. I, I think well, I love I still love your your from a couple weeks ago, Jeff, your suggestion that we that uh, Armstrong wave Laterra. No one's gonna take him, but that would just be a very awesome thing to do. Send a message. You want to send a message to yeah. the team. That's that's what you do. Your number one center just got waved. What are you guys going to do about it? Well, number one in no one is safe. Title only. Well, yeah. yeah, but I mean, everyone knows that's what he is. He's going to keep getting maybe Yo changes it, but he's going to keep getting rolled out on the top line. Even last night, they had. I was excited when I first pulled up the lines from Jeremy Rutherford because I said the first thing I saw was. 26 in the number one line. I'm like, oh, yes. But then I looked, I was like, oh, wait a minute. Tarasenko's on the second line with Latera. Okay. 
That makes more sense. <laughs> you know, the one possible saving grace we may have too that we haven't really talked about is the uh, the draft next year for Vegas. Uh, if if somehow we can we can set this thing up right to maybe dump one of those albatross contracts on Vegas, uh, maybe, maybe we open ourselves up for for something a little better. Well, then you're opening yourself up for trade too. So I I still say I think Vegas takes uh, Nail Yakupov, but at the same time, after they make their draft, if they're right at the salary floor or under it, you know they could say. All right, we're open for some trades. Get us some veterans that'll get us some people in the seats. Maybe the Blues can move them a, a Laterra or a Bowmeister. I don't know if they would, but it's still a possibility. Is Laterra a guy that's going to put people in the seats, though? I think he's got a little notoriety, not a lot, but uh, well, maybe they play those videos <laughs> of him with his shirt off eating chips. <laughs> I I'd say Bowmeister has a better chance of putting people in the seats than Laterra does. Oh well, yeah, I mean, is there a large Finnish population in Las Vegas? <laughs> There's know, a large so. anything population in Vegas. There's a lot yeah, of I drunk guess. people in Vegas. Yeah, it depends on the night. Yeah. <laughs> so, so the other thought I had, as far as you know, like if uh, if you're Doug Armstrong or, or if you're Tom Stillman and you're setting goals for Doug Armstrong, like. NHL 17 has taught us that's how that's how owners roll. You know, they they set specific goals. What what goals do you have for for Doug Armstrong to retain his job after the season? And you know, I, I my answer uh, is that he's got to unload one of those albatross contracts. Do that, and you're good. I I mean that's is that's it a, possible. It's a tall order. You know what I think it is. I, I think it's get out of the first round of the playoffs. And uh, that's not enough for me, but that's enough, I think, for Stillman. I, I think you're right, unfortunately. The, the Blues are still in a position where it's, it's about money. Uh, they, they're not uh, awash in it to where they can uh, you know, make those kinds of uh, bold moves. You know, I, ideally, I mean, if, if they were cash rich and, and – uh, you know, had had the problem with with the cap like they do. I mean, you could always uh, buy a guy out too. Um, you know that that frees up some room, not not everything, but you know, uh, you know maybe maybe allows you to to do some things. But but they won't do that because they're they're still cash poor. How would what would you guys say is uh, how would the Ken Hitchcock era be remembered in St. Louis? <laughs> <laughs> um, you know, for me. Uh, Honestly, I know that we like to throw a lot of jokes around here about Hitchcock, but uh, the Blues wouldn't have been what they were. They didn't. They wouldn't have become what they became without him. Uh, you know, obviously, Davis Payne, his last year, last full season with this team, was crazy injury riddled. Um, I think they had the most man games lost uh, of any team that year. And, uh, you know, Andy Murray got that one year where they got him in the playoffs. But, it, you know, to me, that was just an anomaly with that roster they had. It was um, in spite of the coach. I think it was. I agree. Um, but I think – and it was also in spite of Eric Brewer not playing every week. Um, <laughs> Eric Brewer was so bad. <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> Eric Brewer was so bad. Um, but, you know, I think that, that – this team, 
it, you know, and for anyone who wants to go back and, and watch some of those old games when he first started coaching, that team took a whole new form and they looked like a playoff team. And they did for years. And even last year, you know, when we, when everyone was kind of calling for Hitchcock to go, they still looked like a solid team. This last year has been just awful. Uh, you know, I mean, there's been a couple highs and lows, but it's mostly been lows. Uh, but I, I'm going to remember the Hitchcock era or area as you let's go blues uh, forum members like to call it. Uh, I'm going to remember it as, as a guy who got this team over the hump and into the playoffs, something no other coach could do with that group. Uh, but I'm also going to remember how sad it was when he left because this team is a disaster as he left. Yeah. So I, I think the overall legacy uh, when you when you boil it down, is regular season success, postseason failure. Yeah, Ab- absolutely what I was going to say. Tell me what coach in St. Louis hasn't been that, though. <laughs> yeah, it's interesting because, I mean, he's he's had the best record in the NHL since uh, taking over as Blues head coach. The Blues have had the best yeah, record. Here, so. it, I, I, I wrote uh, in, in a Game Time article earlier this year, uh, I, I mean – he has won two thirds of the games he's coached for the Blues. I mean, that's just, just an amazing clip. And, and again, that's regular season. But um, you know, this guy won games in the regular season, and you know that equates to you know the town being happy, butts in the seats, you know, all all that kind of thing that you need for a team. Um, but yes, the the postseason has been a bitter disappointment. And I, I agree. I mean, he did he did bring the Blues back to significance, and made them relevant again. Um, but yeah, unfortunately, unable to bring a cup to St. Louis and have any, you know, it had the one deep run. But uh, I, and I think unfortunately he will be remembered for his stubborn, uh, stubborn with his style and inability to adapt to his coaching style to the roster that he has, which you know kind of happened this year. So. You know what, though? I think a lot of people said that. And I'm not, again, I'm, I hate that I'm coming off as the defender of Hitchcock here. But I think a lot of people said that about Joe Quinville when he was fired, too. Is that he's going to remember for not, for, for always changing his lines and not changing his style once Turgeon and Young left. But you know what? Blues fans now love to look back and say that uh, he should not have been fired at the time. I, I didn't like it when he was fired at the time. Honest to God. I, mean, I didn't been, either. He'd been, either for, but... he'd been there for a long time and couldn't get on the playoffs, and it was, that part was getting frustrating. But I, I liked him. I liked him a lot. I, I, I was, I was sad to see him go. Yeah, but... yeah. There and... are there are still Blackhawks fans today who think that he should be fired. I just think that's that's any fan base. They're going to do that about any coach they have at the time. Yeah, but they're idiots. <laughs> in a nutshell <laughs> really that, I mean, there's no better way to say that <laughs> uh, so uh, Mike Yo's career record is uh, 173, 132 and 44 uh, all with Minnesota so we talked about what we expect with Yo uh, I don't think any I don't think the expectations are that high <laughs> with Yo it'll be uh, a Yo-Yo yeah right exactly um, so uh, hopefully I mean hopefully we're wrong with that, and hopefully the players uh, uh, respond and want to play a better brand of hockey for him. So uh, we'll see. Uh, you guys want to hear some headlines that the Post Dispatch might be using tomorrow? Oh yes, 
please. All right. All right. What here's here's some good ones. Vote on which one you like. Hitch's yo-yo string cut. Mike is the new cock in town. <laughs> uh, hmm. We've got Ken gets hitch slapped and fired in a domino effect. Wow. Oh, I, I just lost a couple of points of intelligence listening to that one. <laughs> <laughs> I think that's all I got this time. We only went too deep because that last one was too much. I like the uh, uh, the the yo-yo cock one. That was a good one. Yeah, that was pretty complicated. <laughs> it was. <laughs> They're that's always a, complicated. That's a thinker. That's a thinker. Uh, I guess. Uh, any any closing parting shots on uh, the Hitchcock uh, discussion before we quickly talk about Plager and the uh, Scott trade thing? Uh, just for me that that I'm I'm still holding Armstrong accountable. He mentioned it tonight and. Now, I know we've talked about an exhaustion, but uh, I even if even with a big trade, and even and, and you know maybe it, maybe the difference is what Bill talked about. Maybe they just need to get themselves a better front office staff to help them out. With, and and you know, like you said, uh, get a lawyer, a law firm involved in in contract discussions because doing it by himself, he just he's not capable. And and I know that's. Crude and, and rude to say, but but uh, the the albatross contracts that are plaguing this team now are really coming to fruition. We're really seeing this hurting this team because they need some help right now, but they can't afford it. They're right up against the cap because the GM has handed out some awful contracts. So uh, even with a good trade, I'm still got him on the hot seat. And uh, I think that, and again, this time of year, not the right time to go to your GM. But I think after the draft, maybe even after uh, the first month of free agency, it's time for the Blues to to make a move and and do uh, get another GM in there. Let, let me ask you guys a question. So, so to kind of play counter to your point there, um, you know, saying we're, well, he's given out these albatross contracts, and, and we feel that they're albatross contracts. But one of the real problem is that he thinks those are good contracts. You know what I mean? If, if well, you know, this is what we had to pay and it's the market, blah, 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 and we think he's going to score yada, yada. I mean, you know, if, if he doesn't even recognize their albatross contracts, there's no chance of getting rid of them. Yeah, then was, he's really got to go. <laughs> see, I was thinking the same thing. And I, 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 obviously, he doesn't think they're albatross contracts when they're signed. Otherwise, they wouldn't have done it. But you have to wonder what he thinks of them now. Like he, I, he has to understand Latera is not living up to his contract. Not even close. I mean, it, it doesn't take a, a, it's not rocket surgery. It, it's he's, he, it's, it's, it's a no brainer that, that Latera is not even close to what his contract is calling for. So I mean, it's, I can't imagine him thinking that those are good contracts right now. But, well, and, and the, the point that I see, and not so much Laterra, I think Laterra, it's they really don't have a ton of options at center right now, except Stastny, but for whatever reason, Hitchcock never gave him that chance. Me, me it's more Bowmeister. I've always felt like the last two to three years, he has told, and, and this is completely speculation on my part, he has told the coaches to keep putting him out there, keep playing him every game, because if he's getting top line minutes, he can move him and get something good. Uh, again, speculation, but 
I think he I think he knows. I think he knows that these contracts are bad and he's doing what he can to at least get rid of the Bullmeister one. I'm not sure about the others. Yeah. I, I think the, the only hope he has in in Bowmeister leaving is is if Vegas is in a position where they need to to bring in a a, a contract, you know, a, a veteran defenseman. He's he's not a, a marquee player. Um, you know, former second overall pick, I believe. Uh, but that's you know, twenty years ago almost. So it's not gonna it's not gonna put anybody in seats. It's it's gonna be you know they they need to uh, to get to the cap floor. And I don't think Vegas is gonna be that team. You know, we we talked about that offline today. That you know they're they're the first uh, you know, expansion team in the cap era and they're going to get some pretty good players um and i i think the the point of this conversation is that jay bobeister is not a very good player he's just well you know what's really the injury yes that's true i think i think without that injury and i mean of course it's it's hindsight but i mean you know maybe he's not the albatross that he is now but he has not been the same guy since the injury Right, and and that I mean, I don't know. For for a guy whose whose career was always defined by the fact that he never missed a game due to injury, you know, fuck that derailed his career. That's a scary thought. Yeah, yeah, and I, and you know, and maybe a silver lining here with this Hitchcock firing, one of the many, is that. Uh, Maybe he does become the Vegas head coach. Maybe he did like Bo Meester's game. And maybe he tells GM McPhee, hey, there's GM, your guy. GM. GM, GM. He says, hey, go get that guy. Take Bo Meester from the Blues. We could use him. Maybe that happens. That would be amazing. Maybe that's the, maybe that's the silver lining is that, uh, that Hitch goes there and says, hey, get these guys. Take all of these bad contracts. I love those bad contracts. Uh, we could hope. We could hope. Hey, him and Armstrong are best friends. Maybe that's his way of getting Armstrong out of trouble. Maybe Let this is know. all an elaborate plan. Let me know if my audio goofs up again. Um, so, um, Mr. Hitch's hat, uh, thank you for your contributions to the show and coming on the air. If you want to stick with us, you can. If you got to take off, uh, we understand. Yeah, actually, I do have to take off, and, and I do thank you for inviting me on. Uh, it's always a pleasure to talk with you fellas. Very cool. And uh, once again, uh, yeah, uh, go ahead and uh, if uh, if you're not a follower of uh, Hitch's Hat already on or the ghost of Hitch's Hat already on Twitter, you can follow him at it's still at Hitch's Hat, right? It is. Yes. Okay. At Hitch's Hat. But if you didn't know uh, that, shame on you. <laughs> Right, I probably don't want you following me anyway if you don't already. So, well, there, you, there you go. <laughs> a veritable institution in St. Louis Blues. Well, I, I should definitely be institutionalized. <laughs> <laughs> are you are you in the St. Louis Library uh, exhibits at all? No, you I should know, be. I haven't, I haven't been there. Probably not. Um, I, I'm I'm not necessarily looked upon uh, well in the eyes of the uh, St. Louis Blues brass. Wow. Well. We yeah. we know somebody who might be able to get you in there. So we'll, <laughs> we, we'll see if we can pull some strings for you. We kind of we kind of oh, in the library. We kind of know the director yep. of the whole thing. So yeah. Uh, yeah. Yep. 
and uh, I, I bet she'd be game for, <laughs> for, for, for something there. Ooh, it's a lady. Interesting. <laughs> hey, I'm, I'm, I'm not opposed to uh, pimping myself out. So. <laughs> All right, cool. Well, thank no you, shame. Mr. Hat. It was nice talking to you again, sir. Thank you very much. We'll talk to you later. Yeah. Got it. Thank you. Thanks. And hey, for those of you who um, uh, want some good game time reading, make sure you check out St. Louis Game Time. Uh, I believe that's the website address too, right? StLouisGameTime.com. Yes. S T S T Louis GameTime.com. Uh, they're those folks that you see outside Skate Scott Trade Center handing out uh, magazines. Mister Hitch's hat does write for them, and uh, God, they're just so much fun to read. It's a great thing to flip through during intermissions. And then, as I said, they also have a website, so make right. sure you check them out. They're fantastic. Right. To uh, points we were making earlier, if you want, if if you want, uh, yeah, objective uh, commentary that that isn't you know basically just a media outlet for the Blues, they're the place to go. Uh, yeah, and they, and they are. They're fan based. They're passionate, and yeah, they're they're funny people. Yeah, and I've I've spoken with the the managing editor, and he says that they've actually been asked if they'd be interested in media credentials, and the reason they say no is because they want to stay objective and they want to still be able to write about whatever they want to write about. The Blues support them, but it doesn't mean that they don't voice their actual opinions. You yeah, know, they they could they could couldn't they accept the media credentials and then just still yeah. write whatever the hell they want and then just have them revoked? <laughs> no, they they have. Probably. They're you know that Brad's been tweeting stuff uh, from the locker room, so I think that uh, they've they've moved on to that, and uh, I think that's that's awesome. You know, we're we're getting some honest questions, which uh, you know can can only be a plus. You know. Uh, Again, you know, we've we've said it before. Jeremy Rutherford is uh, a great, uh, great guy covering the beat. Um, but you know, as far as uh, in-depth hockey questions and and that uh, uh, hard questions to the coach, it's not something we've seen a whole lot of. So, especially we, especially when Ponder was there, none of that stuff. Yeah. <laughs> All that I'll say is that uh, let's just say there's a uh, pressure from the powers that be to not ask honest questions. So if he yeah. can continue that, more power to him. So you're ready for a Trump administration, huh? <laughs> Ban the media. Uh, Bobby. I, I oh, I was. I'm done. I was just gonna say, <laughs> go Bradley. <laughs> uh, Bobby Plager's number will be retired tomorrow, Thursday. Uh, versus Toronto, uh, his, you know, I, a long time coming for a lot of people, and his play was before my time. But I had the pleasure of meeting him a couple times, uh, once in the Camwalks box, and once when he was on SAU's campus. Uh, he has always been more than willing to take some time out to chat, and he's a very friendly and humble guy. And I think uh, his number being retired is something that should have been done uh, long ago. Uh, so congratulations to Bobby Plager and fans should go patronize his bar and grill. Which is it one or two locations in St. Louis? Two? One? Uh, two now, two? I believe. There's the one in St. Charles and the one, one by downtown. Me out in, um... Well, there's one downtown, too. Oh, so there's three. Yeah, okay. Yeah, there's one in Valley Park, uh, one in uh, Main Street, St. Charles, and yeah, the one downtown. So yep. there's three. Yeah, it's a, it's a great establishment for people who haven't been there. It's it's not, you know, you go there hoping it's a hockey bar. It, I mean, it is. It's got the hockey memorabilia and stuff, but uh, 
a little bit more of a party bar, dancing and, and loud music, um, which is cool, you know. But uh, I think people of our age, we we prefer like the uh, the Blue Note Sports Bar and Grill, where we can uh, just sit down, have a beer, and watch a hockey game. That's... <laughs> which then now open with parking uh, free yes. parking. <laughs> but no, uh, no, this is great. Uh, I agree with you. I, I think that, and you know, and and maybe part of the reason it hasn't been retired yet is because he wasn't a Hall of Fame player. He, you know, he was a hard-nosed defenseman who um, uh, beat people in the stands. (laughs) (laughs) I mean, he wasn't a player that would typically get his number retired, but it's the fact that he has been a St. Louis Blue since day one, and he is – he bleeds blue. You know, you talk about fans that bleed blue – that is a man who will always bleed blue. He's a guy that when you, when you think as long as if you're a fan like me and, and Kurt and Bill, you think of the franchise St. Louis blues, you think of Bob Plager. He's been there forever. Uh, if you haven't read his book, tales from a blues bench, I cannot recommend it enough. It is it's got so much good stuff. Plus uh, Rutherford's book, the, um, 99 things to know and do before you uh, blues fan dies, whatever it's called. Sorry, Jeremy, you're probably wanting to strangle me right now for not knowing the name of it up. Oh, it's a hundred, hundred things. hundred things you... blues fans right. should know and do before they die. There are so many stories in there riddled with Bob Plager. Uh, and when I interviewed Rutherford about that book and uh, did a book review for him, uh, he told me that the first person he went to was, was Bob Plager because he knows so much about the franchise. He had, he was the one that got the Blues Pavel Dimitro. I mean, he went and scouted him and told Mike Keenan to go after Pavel Dimitra. And we all know what happened after that. Uh, so, you know, I mean, just a great blue through and through. And, and I think that, again, that's probably why it took so long to get his number retired because he wasn't – he's not just getting retired because he's a player. It's because he is the St. Louis Blues. Well, his contributions to his entire life to the organization have just been – phenomenal i mean he's he's broadcast on the radio he's play by play with kerber um he's uh he's just always been there uh, an ambassador for the team so uh yeah it's it's good to see that the uh i guess the heart banner will come down you think and then the retired banner go up probably i would think so i think it's got to you know i i I, kudos to the blues for doing this and you know um you know hopefully bobby's along for around for a lot longer Longer. Um, but you know, you see the NHL, you know, not uh, putting uh, like people like Pat Burns in the Hall of Fame before they pass away. You know, I think this is this is completely right to honor Bobby during his lifetime. You know, he is he is the identity of the St. Louis Blues. Uh, if if it could be personified in one human being, is Bobby Plager, and this is this is very right. Um, I wish I was going to be there tomorrow night. Um, you know, it seems it kind of seems like a, a, a historic kind of evening. You know, the the changing of the guard, coaching wise, and the uh, you know the rightful retiring of Plager's number five. Yeah, and, and for those that have never met Plager, he is everything you would think he would be. I mean, he is just a generous man. He's uh, I've met him obviously met him in the media, but I've seen him at his bars a couple times and he's always willing to sit down and talk hockey with you. Uh, obviously a, an excellent hockey mind and uh, just a 
very generous man. So it's it's really good to see good things like this happen to such a good man. Yeah, you know, I, I mean, I'm not a big I'm not a big autograph guy. I don't I don't really go after autographs for players. It's not not my thing. But uh, when he was uh, on SAU's campus, I uh, I saw him over there and, and they were doing autographs and stuff. And I I made a point to go over there and get one from him. It was a and he you know talked to him for a while and uh, he was just fantastic. Um, so and he signs his name with a uh, with a smiley face inside the P for player, which is yep. kind of a <laughs> yeah, it's, it's pretty awesome. Yeah, I, you know, just uh, you know, bumping into him around town and you know, bumped into him on the hill a couple of times, you know, just popping into places for lunch, and you know, he's in there with Mike Caruso and you know other other uh, people from the Blues organization, and he he is just such a a, a genuine person, just a, a great guy. And, uh, you know, always laughing, always having a good time. And, uh, yeah, it, it's, it just, it's, it's right that, you know, now that, uh, you know, Jackman's retired, uh, that, uh, they can finally put this number away. You know, something my dad said that, uh, I know a lot of, I don't know, Cardinals fans would probably balk at this, but he said, obviously it's nothing to do with his play on the ice, but in terms of, being a spokesman for the sport and the team, Bob Plager is to the Blues what Stan Musial was to the Cardinals. <clears throat> that's that's high praise. That's, that's, that's very bold, high praise. That's right. a bold and, and, strategy. No, that that is. Uh, I I think that is a a, a very uh, very apt comparison. Um. So the you guys uh, been following the Scott Trade uh, slash TD Ameritrade Center. Uh, renovations bill and vote has that has it happened the vote happened yet tonight i'm sure it's, it has so tonight tonight it was the uh passing the ways and means committee and it did pass with some modifications so uh, okay by a by a five to three vote it did pass so as it should have but I, yes it's it's just this is just a committee vote right. and so it, i think if if my understanding is correct now it, it has to go back to you know to the full council so but they've they've made made the modifications that they think can you know can work um did they so, say what the modifications were so the amended proposal increased the number of revenue sources for paying off the debt including 55 million dollars from a five percent tax on ticket sales wow debt- it was it was one percent yeah. Now it's with, five? Holy cow. Yeah, it's five percent. With debt payments on Keel Opera House renovations ending in twenty twenty one, the eight hundred thousand dedicated annually to that project would shift to Scott Shade Center payments through twenty forty eight, totaling about twenty one million dollars. So so in f- four years, the uh eight hundred thousand that's coming in from a five percent tax on ticket sales now, as I read it, uh will then Okay. Uh, shift that to to uh, the TD Ameritrade Center, or, you know, whatever is still existing in you know. The does does it say anything about money from the planet? Does it say anything about money from the state? Because the the proposal before was uh, six million a year from the state uh, in the funding plan. Is there anything? About uh, that? It doesn't doesn't say anything specific, but it does say that part of the debt payment still will come from general revenue. Okay. Um, and I know that they said ninety million of the proposed uh, allotment before was going to be paid by the team. Yeah, that and uh, 
that is um so a total uh, according to this um 105 million from city funds over 30 years so um 50 million from community improvement district tax on sales at scott scott trade center over the next 30 years so keep buying them eight dollar beers which are going to be ten dollar beers we know you're going to do it because you're blues fans who need to drink to enjoy the product if you're not familiar with the whole thing is that the 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 bill is for renovations for scott trade uh to be uh, soon to be td ameritrade uh center and uh it's a it's a for i've seen a lot of people on on social media kind of sound off saying the owners should pay for this just like any other owner of arena sports should pay for improvements to the stadium the blues don't own the stadium they don't own the arena the city yep. owns the arena the so right so the fact the blues are actually chipping in anything at all i mean well it's their team plays there so it's to the benefit but i mean the they don't own the building so right. i mean any improvements they make are going towards uh not just when the blues play but when concerts are there or or whatever events are there the ncaa tournaments there uh right. frozen the- four whatever it is the NCAA has come out and said that without renovations, they will not put anything in Scott Trade Center right. uh, after a couple of years from now. So it, it's it's not just about blues hockey. You know, it's so not just the, about making sure that the escalators work so that Hitch's hat doesn't tweet about it every night. <laughs> and the city owns the arena. It makes sense. It's just it's it's just good business to maintain the buildings you own that generate revenue for your city. And right. they, right. they the, need to do this. Right. The, the, the St. Louis area, you know, politically, you know, it, it's, it's, I think probably a lot of changes in, and this is my, my, my opinion, my political rant. I think that, you know, there are a lot of changes that need to occur within uh, the St. Louis metropolitan area uh, to keep this city uh, to, or to really make this city competitive. Um, and it, it only makes sense to take what remains of, of a downtown that is being stripped consistently. Um, it, you're, you know, put a soccer stadium in there. The MLS requires it be downtown. That's, that's part of their deal. I, I want that to happen. Um, and you know but for for an existing structure like scott trade center we're not going to build a new rink we're not going to build a new building make it bring it back to to modern standards and you know let let's keep bringing in ncaa events and let's keep bringing in great concerts i i know i've seen a few uh over the last few years um it's only right to to make this investment and you know, it, it, it's it's a a tough decision, but I think it's one that has to be made, and I'm glad to hear it passed the committee tonight. If, if they don't, if they don't improve the stadium and bring up and modernize it, <clears throat> the, the arena, uh, they risk losing events and 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 uh, concerts and things to uh, Kansas City, uh, Indianapolis, Chicago. So and don't the, don't forget the, like the, wrestling events in Tennessee, and like Nashville. That. Yeah. yeah, it's it's Nashville and Louisville are are places that uh, have been said to be the major competitors of St. Louis when it comes to these kinds of events, and uh, you know it, you you wonder you know the Blues were on the short list for the uh, uh, World Junior Championships, and 
uh, Buffalo got their second one in five years and St. Louis didn't get it. And you wonder how much does it have to do with the building? And I'll tell you, watching Blues games right now, uh, the puck bounces all over the place like you put in the cheat code in, uh, Nintendo uh, ice hockey. <laughs> you know, it's just, it's kind of disgusting to watch. And so, you know, I, the... I think that's a function of the age of the building and the age of the uh, the compressors. So let's let's put some investment dollars there. And and you know what, Eric Greitens, if if you can't handle this, you know, if, if you don't want this, uh, sorry, uh, get with the program, man. Help the... your city. Well, and one of the things to be improved uh, is a new scoreboard, jumbotron. Which uh, I, you know, I, when we first when we first got the thing, when I first saw it, I mean, not to not to be picky and and but it was like I'm like, oh, it's less than impressive, and that was when it was brand new, and now you see all these huge, impressive, uh, eye popping jumbotrons that you know, Colorado has and Minnesota has and Toronto has. It's, oh my God. Um, and then you see ours, like, oh, it's so dinky and boring and plain. You can take the Dallas Cowboys for I know modernizing the the scoreboard. Yeah, <laughs> not, it, the, not that you need a scoreboard the size of the ice that's got yeah. trade. Yeah, I think so. Yeah, yeah, yeah. We, we I, don't... I I went and toured uh, Cowboy Stadium, and just what you walking onto the field and looking up and seeing the scoreboard was like, oh, <laughs> my. <laughs> God. Have you seen the one in Colorado at the is it the Pepsi Center? Is that the word it is yeah. out there? Yeah, yeah. Have you seen that one? Yep. That one's that one's humongous. It's nice. It's so, it's it's, nice. I mean, it's like blue line to blue line. I yeah. think it's crazy. Yeah. Yeah. And and I guess you know what the, what the Blues have going for them right now is it's not the first Niagara Center where the thing fell onto the damn ice. Oh. <laughs> but, but yeah, it it would be nice wouldn't would be nice for the fans to see that upgrade. But I think for the product on the ice, you know, getting getting the you know the the right uh, equipment to keep the ice, yeah, I think that that's huge. Um, there's, there's, there's you know there's concourse improvements and concession stand improvements and and bathroom improvements and and administrative office improvements, which you know fans don't care about because they don't see them. But uh, press box improvements, everything, uh, luxury box improvements. It'd be you know, and I the, some of the drawings I saw, renovations of the outside. Uh, they do some stuff for the outside of the building too, as far as like extending uh, that large concrete area between Clark and the building. They'd like they'd build out and have something inside there. So, uh, you know, it's it's uh, it's I mean it's a bunch of good stuff. So um, hopefully it continues to move forward. And it will. I mean, they'll get something. They'll get something done to improve the building somehow. They have to. They can't just not improve the building. That'd be stupid. So. Yeah, yeah. You know, the I think the the worst case scenario for for any St. Louis sports fan right now would be for you know to lose another team. Um, and I I don't think Tom Stillman would ever do it. But uh, you know. The cynical part of me has, uh, which which has really come out somehow in the last two and a half months, uh, <laughs> has has thought about this a lot. And you know, I had a, a conversation on Twitter the other day with Tyler. You know that you know if Stillman was the you know ultimately, I think my thought was if Stillman really wanted to get this done and and force the issue and and uh, you know leverage some uh, some politics into it. He could say, you know what? Um, there's a building on the other side of the state that's uh, empty and needs a tenant, and uh, uh, you know, 
Tyler's point ultimately was that, uh, you know, Kansas City doesn't give a fuck about hockey, so don't worry about it. Um, but I don't know. That's not exactly true. But, no, I – you know, and, and I haven't even says, gone as far as that. I've said that because our city is so set up so that the city's different from the county – Stillman could go out and say, listen, you know what? Uh, I got this proposal out in Maryland Heights to build a rink out there. And, uh, yeah, they're willing to do whatever the hell I want. You know, I mean, I, granted, it would take a lot for the county to, to do that. But I remember the Cardinals, when uh, they were trying to get the new Bush Stadium built, they were coming out and saying, oh, well, you know, a lot of our fans come from St. Charles. Maybe we'll move out there. And And I don't know how much they had to do with negotiations, but, you know, I mean – that's no, and a new to consider a new arena out of Maryland Heights would be do wonders for the Boone Sports Bar and Grill. It is now open. Yeah, it could be attached <laughs> right next door. <laughs> yeah, no, and I think to Tom Stillman's credit, he's not that kind of owner. He he's not a Stan Kroenke kind of owner. That's it's gonna, you know, bring it to the you know force the the public to weigh in on these kinds of things. You know, it, it's we've got an existing building. Let's make it better. And it, you know, I, I think that is the most sensible thing to do. It's going to cost money. You know, it, people who, you know, who can be realistic about things, taxes should pay for things that we like, right? You know, that's, it, nobody wants to pay taxes, but you know, it's, you know, I, I believe that taxes, you know, this is just me my political point of view uh that taxes are something that we we should pay to to make our lives better um to make society better um and if if some of that money can go to to making you know what makes me happy um well at least because as long some, as, sometimes as long as, long as bill's happy <laughs> well to make you know, just sports fans in general happy. You know, it's it's supposed to be our distraction from you know the rest of the rest of life, um, which hasn't been doing a good job lately. So you know, that's a discussion we had earlier. Um, I don't know. I do it. Just just put the money into it. Make the building better, please. Let's do. Uh, let's go ahead and uh, wrap up the show by doing these social media fails because we didn't do them last week. We'll get them out. Knock them out real quick. Uh, so, yeah, the, I, I didn't read any. So I, well, let me go through and see if there is any, there are any that I that I want to read in character. I, I there's there's a couple of good ones at the end, but the ones from Lethor from last week are, are first. But the social media fails uh, this week from the St. Louis Blues Lounge, who you know they uh, they tend to uh, dominate the uh, category every week. But uh, comment number one. Uh, when Pareko shoots at the rate of 104 miles per hour, isn't it only logical to shoot every open chance you get? Nah, we play blues hockey, and when in the zone, there's a four to five pass minimum. Hashtag shoot. <laughs> <laughs> so, yeah, he's a, he must be one of the folks that uh, yells shoot on the power play, which is always fun to hear. Uh, and the response to that was, seriously, man, I get so pissed when they pass up open looks. It's never a bad thing shooting. You might get a rebound or a tip in. Really, it's common knowledge. Oh, so is it's it? Good. Yeah, it's common knowledge. Yeah, it's it's always a great idea to shoot, and you know the way the Blues are 
play, you know, the puck rims around and gives the other team a breakaway the other way. Like, rims know. around, blocked by a shin guard, back the other way. You know, you got you got to have a shooting lane, or you got to have a guy, you know, to to shoot at the screen, a tip or something. You got you just can't just shoot willy nilly. Doesn't work that way. <laughs> okay, I want this next one. All right, go. I watched Ed Monson and that gunnersing guy the other night defended the Blue Zone with their backs to shooters. Seriously? That's my hockey basics. Wow. And these guys are getting paid. <laughs> Defending with their backs to the shooters. I have never I have, I have never seen that. <laughs> yeah, there was one that I saw similar last night where one of the goals went, and I don't remember what it was, and, and Petrangelo was on the ice, and his back was to the shooter when the puck was in the net. And somebody commented, why is he watching the puck go in the net? <laughs> and I'm like, he turned when the puck went by him. He wasn't, like, just staring at the net the whole time. All right, let me do this next one. All right. Tonight's game, the Saint, the Stanley Cup Chocker Bowl, Washington <laughs> versus St. Louis. Come, boys, let's show them we will stop choking before you. <laughs> That's so ridiculous. <laughs> uh, all right. Uh, let's see. Uh, I'm not going to skip the next one. Uh, I'm... No, the, the next one is the next one. I think I've said this before. Uh, needs to be read in the Boom Hour voice. I don't have that voice in my repertoire. Uh, we need we need to get somebody who's got that so we can read this one. We'll save it. Uh, oh, here's one. Come on, Alan. Stop letting in bad goals. That's, was that, that last night? No, that was that okay. was. Unfortunately, a month ago. That's like, oh, oh, okay. Someone should time that, so so he knows. Oh, the next one's fantastic. <laughs> uh, do you, let me say, do you Go think ahead. we should give Yachty a shot in goal? Has there ever been a two-way athlete that played hockey and baseball? Now, I love that as a joke. I've heard not. people say that. It's like, ah, oh, it's funny because he's a catcher. Ah, no. I'm pretty sure this person's serious. If you if you read the rest of the comments, it was it was not a joke. Yeah. It was a serious inquiry. Uh-huh. <laughs> uh-huh. Oh, uh, so, well, I don't know. Let's let's indulge the thought. Uh, two way two way athlete that played hockey and baseball. Um, Tom Glavin. Oh. Drafted yeah. drafted higher than Luke Robitaille, right? I think so. Yeah. Yeah, and then uh, the uh, the other one that everybody loves, um, Tony Plush. <laughs> it was the San Jose Sharks draft pick. Yeah. Uh, didn't um, why is his name escaping me? Well, well, was Larry Walker I, was Larry Walker drafted? Niger Morgan, Niger Morgan yeah, played. That's that yeah, Tony Plush, Niger Morgan. Yeah. Yeah, he Chris was. Uh, Curry. Yeah, Chris Drury. Chris Drury yep. played. Uh, he played baseball. Little League. He was the Little League baseball MVP. Yep. Yeah, his team won. Yeah. Uh, Justin uh, Morneau thought he was going to be the next Patrick Waugh. Yeah. Uh, next one on the list. Uh, next comment. I think it's time we look at the future. We need to shop the market and see what we can get for Tarasenko. <laughs> with, with, with the kind of offers we would get for him, we could have a full rebuild done in one year or two and be cup contenders again. Yeah, we no, could probably get a team's entire team for him, right? A, re- a reply to that was, I'm on board with this. You don't always need a superstar, just a team full of players. 
a team full of players. You felt. Technically, yeah. every team is a team full of players. <laughs> oh, Jesus Christ. Yeah, so you want the last one, anybody? I'll take it if you want it. Uh, I'll take it, uh, unless Bill wants it. Let me, let me read it first. Here's the problem, my opinion. The players we have are just not that good. This was exposed to me even more watching the All-Star game. Parasenko is not a standout, and he is not the best player on our team. You know, I, I, using the All-Star game to come to in an argument to who's good, who's bad, any any year is just ridiculous, but... And I think any other week we probably would have had a ta- as a talking point uh, Tarasenko's quote that he just can't take the <laughs> yeah. All Star game seriously. Right? Uh, yeah. But, the, but the, you know that that's like the most logical thing at this point to have the, been said. The Central Division team looked. Did you watch the All Star game at all? Uh, I watched they, the final, and that they, was that was the, all I gave my time to. The Central looked awful. Yes, they, they looked did. terrible. Dude, they had PK Subban look like. Oh. Honestly, he looked like a boy among men. They looked they were so out of sync, like they had never played before together at all. Like they just didn't know what they were doing. They had no passes were off. They didn't know where each other were. It was just they were awful. Yeah, and they got was, smoked. Ten to three, was, I think it was. That was the worst display of hockey I've seen in a while. It was awful. And I've been Ter- watching yeah. the blues. Tarasenko's yeah. goal was nice, but that was it. That was Yeah. No, I I had uh I had heard things and you know, I just if it, I did see the uh the Suban uh you know bear hug of uh Connor McDavid and uh you know just cuz I I think it was on Twitter I uh, the Oilers tweeted out, "Can you get a triple minor for holding?" And obviously he wasn't taking the game seriously. Nobody was taking the game seriously. Right. And you know, I it's I gave up wanting to watch the all-star game quite a few years ago. It's, it is, everything is branded. You know, we've got the, um, you know, the dollar shave club, third period coaches <laughs> challenge review. It's just, it's fucking ridiculous. And, you know, every, the whole weekend is all about corporate sponsorship and the players don't really want to be there. And, you know, it's, it's, yeah, it's it's just it's not good hockey. I actually enjoy I actually enjoy the format now more than it used to be. More, more than the, just 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 a game. I enjoy the tournament setup more than just the game itself. Right. So so send players that want to be there. Like Cam Atkinson looked like he really wanted to be there. He can now tell every you know his his kids and grandkids. I was an NHL All Star once, but fuck. Sidney Crosby never wants to go, and he's always injured, except for this year. Um, you know, yeah, Jonathan, just have a, Jonathan just, Taves was not deserving. And just, just have a just have a sign up sheet for the players. Whoever wants to play, play, play. <laughs> that would be amazing. <laughs> right, right, dude. Yeah. I would love. Would you not love to see like uh, uh, Steve Ott? Honestly, in an All Star game, I would. I love to. Oh. And and don't and you have to change it. You can't call All Star game. Call it a. I don't know. Call it a whatever the hell you want to call it. NHL sponsorship horror weekend. NHL break weekend or something or weekend yeah. game. I don't know. Yeah, I mean, it, you know, the, the All Star games were, you know, I, maybe maybe it should be, you know, we should revert back to, you know, what the All Star game was back, you know, seventies and before, where it was, you know, a group of NHL All Stars versus the defending Stanley Cup champions. 
that would okay. be cool. That'd be cool. And it's that's, in the off in the off season. Or, or like, not, yeah, right. Off season. Well, or what? I I think. Well, I I don't know. I I wasn't around for that. Or did but, they have it the following following break? Yeah, I. <laughs> I, I think that's that's a more intriguing idea. I mean, at this point, I, they're they're out of ideas. Three on three was a great idea. Problem is the players just don't give a shit. And I don't want it to be like baseball where we're going to make it mean something. And hey, the American League has hosted every you know every World Series for for how long now? Because they tried to make it mean something when it really shouldn't. You know you're watching you're watching the All Star game, the hockey All Star NHL All Star game, and you're, you, 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 I mean, I'm rooting for the Central. You know, Tarasenko's on the Central, and I, I just want to see something interesting happen. And I find myself rooting. Okay, you know, I hope they come back. Whoever down five to one, whatever it is, they see if they can come back. Subban said that you know, hey, we're coming back. Okay, that's that's fine. That's fun stuff, but. Um, and you're rooting for them, and then you see a two on one, and then the defenseman just is like half trying. You're like. And they score, and you're like, oh, what the what the hell is this? You know, so I don't uh, even root. I haven't rooted in an All Star game since like '94. Uh, yeah, I wouldn't call it rooting. I call it wanting a team to win over another. Is that rooting? <laughs> I don't know. I guess. But I, I it's, it's half hearted rooting. But I'm like, if I'm watching it, I have an interest. In, okay, I'd, I'd rather the Central win. So I'm, I'm just I'm hoping they win. Not not hard, but just, you, know, it's, you know. And when they're just not trying, it's like, oh, well, why should I even watch them if you're not even gonna try? Yeah, I I think uh, about the time that I gave up on the All Star game was the uh, the year that it was at uh, I think it was Madison Square Garden, and uh, Owen Nolan got the breakaway on Dominic Hasek and pointed at him. I'm like, you know, I I, I think to me that was the point at, at which the the All Star game jumped the shark, and at least they didn't do the the dress up penalty shot breakaway. That, the first year of that, because the first year they had judges. Yeah. They had uh, Mel. I remember Melonby was one of the judges. And I'm like, what is this? The NBA fucking drunk dunk contest? Whatever <laughs> that's, 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 that's what they wanted it to be. And, and I'm just like, that That was the year for me. So it was much later than, than Bill. That was the year for me where I'm like, this is a joke. I'm not even watching it anymore. This is stupid. Yeah. That was awful. I, I'm so glad they got rid of that because I thought that was so I, hokey. I did laugh though at at Subban when he dressed up like Yager. That, no, was, I mean, fu- that was good. That was, that was There's funny. There's been good ones. It was There's, funny. Like, the one with the kids. They brought the kid out. The kids. Oh. Yeah. Who who was it? Whose kid? Uh, whose kid uh, participated this year? It was. Um, I don't remember. Oh, uh, plays for a Ducks um, a center. Ryan Kessler. Uh, Kessler. Yes, his son. Yeah. Came in yeah. uh, and it was the only goal scorer up until the last one or two, I think, for the West. I think it was uh, in, a, in the breakaways. So it was uh, that was kind of neat. And you know, obviously, Carey Price let him score, let him score. But oh man, he tried. <laughs> but it was it was cool. It was it was that was kind of neat because the no, kids, the, they, they seen the kid was all excited. But yeah, most there's, there's moments that are cool with right. it, but it's just so hokey and overdone. Oh. I just can't even watch it. I agree. We're on the same page. Yep. Frog protection. <laughs> same frog protection? Frog protection. Frog protection. We're on the same page. <laughs> uh, that, that'll that'll do it for this week's show. 
Two hours. Two hours. Two Good hours. job, boys. Yeah. Thank right. you Ooh. to our guests for uh, Mr. Hitch's hat. That's H I T C H S H A T uh, on Twitter, as well as uh, the Blues Hockey Podcast, Jason Martin. Uh, that is, uh, I believe, Blues Hockey NHL, right? Uh, uh, is it? Let me see. I'll have to look. But uh, yeah, yeah, Jason yeah. Martin, yeah, thank you. Uh, his, Thanks, his Jason, web- for coming on. Yep, yep. His pod, his website, I believe, is blueshockeypodcast.net. Um, looking that up now. That is correct. Blueshockeypodcast.net. That's how you can listen to him and his co-host Chris Frank. Uh, it is Blues Hockey NHL on uh, Twitter. If you want to follow Blues him. Hockey NHL, I think he broke up. Blues Hockey NHL, right? Blues Hockey right. NHL. And uh, I, I did get a, I get, a, I got a text, Jeff. From my listener says that Jeff likes the same wimpy beers that I do. <laughs> <laughs> good, very good. <laughs> I went through them both pretty quickly. You can follow Bill at Billy Blue Note. You can follow Jeff at J Ponder ninety four. You can follow myself uh, at Kurt Price on Twitter. And uh, that'll do it for this week's episode of Let's Go Blues Radio. Don't forget to check out the Let's the uh, Blue Note Sports Bar and Grill. Uh, in Maryland Heights. They are now open. And uh, so for Bill Day and Jeff Ponder, I'm Kurt Price. That will conclude this week's episode of Let's Go Blues Radio. Until next time, everyone, let's go blues. Let's go Bobby Plager. Let's go yo. Fire hitch in Las Vegas next year. (laughs) Thank you for listening to Let's Go Blues Radio. Now take off, hosers. Well... There's 90 minutes of your life you'll never get back. Sorry. St. Louis Blues, St. Louis Blues, have you heard the news about our St. Louis Blues? They've only just begun, they're on their way to number one. Now there's no more blues for our St. Louis Blues. The Blues are on the ice tonight again. They're rough and tough and got the stuff to win. They'll always get one more, no matter what the score. They are quite a hockey team, my friends.